0: Hi, this is Lindsay Bowles with a Wellness on Your Terms podcast. Wellness is bio-individual, meaning each body is unique and needs specific requirements of nutrients, exercise, even the amount of downtime we need is individual to us. And the list goes on and on. Listen along to hear me, Lindsay, chat with local health-minded people practicing cutting-edge and traditional habits to optimize their health, along with... Acting practitioners in Manhattan that can help us determine if we need to tweak our habits. Hello, I'm here with Cassie Stuckman, a Taurus from Kansas. That's right. <laughs> uh, She is the founder of Om Slice Kids Yoga Training. She teaches adult yoga. She is a doula, and she's also known as Mama Cass, the tarot reader. Um, currently she is at Naropa University. Welcome, Cassie. Thank you. I'm
1: so excited to be here. Yeah. All the
0: way from Colorado. That's right. How was your trip in?
1: It was good. It was last week, so I've forgotten about it already. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. This is the first trip without the pub though, is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Different, but. Different. Yeah. Um, well, so tell us a little bit about your last couple years. We've, um, we've been friends for, oh, 11 years now, longer, 11, 12 years. Um, we went to California together to study under Amy Carpenter, Mm -hmm. uh, for yoga training. Um, we didn't know each other and we are very different and we fell in love with each other. Besties ever since. Besties ever since couple days in um but yeah we've just kind of been in and out of each other's lives Mm. it's been great yeah (laughs) um tell me about yes the last couple years you've moved from chicago where you taught a lot of yoga yes um and you did a lot of tarot readings and taught tarot um like the interpretation of it right um and yeah kind of start there and tell us where you're at now Okay. Um,
1: <clears throat> this is like the remainder of COVID from. Oh yeah, like a week and a half ago. It's all gone now, but it's still got the, the phlegm. Um, Yay. yeah. So, was in Chicago for ten years, clean ten. Um, full time yoga teacher. Traveled around to mainly preschools, but I also taught at um, a residential high school for neurodivergent teens taught meditation and kids yoga on the south side um was a doula I just like had many hats but they all kind of fit under this um like somatic um lens and so I knew I knew there was like something on the horizon that was like slightly different and maybe a little bit more um solidified or cohesive Mm -hmm. but I didn't really know exactly what it was um and I actually came home like two years ago I was like my mom's like why don't you do physical therapy and I was like that's not quite it yeah but I knew it was I wanted like a license so I could like take my practice out of Chicago like I want I wanted to leave the city Mm -hmm. but it's like I had a practice essentially like um a private practice and it was like all these clients and all these schools and it wasn't mobile. Like I was just going to have to stay in Chicago to keep doing that work. You mm-hmm. know, it was yeah. I mean, that's really hard to like start all over and get clients when you're kind of in an ambiguous career path where it's like tarot reader, doula, yoga teacher. Um, you have to have a community for that. You have to have a community and it takes a while to build. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, was just like universe, what is it? Like I'm listening, you know, I'm just kind of planted the seed. And then that morning I had, tea with my friend maggie who had just recently graduated from naropa in the transpersonal psychotherapy tract which is kind of like a more spiritual okay lens of therapy and i said yeah therapy sounds great it sounds really familiar as far as like tarot like tarot can you know yeah. feel a little bit like therapy sometimes um and i want it to be somatic but i can't just do psychotherapy like i have to include the body and she said well, Naropa has somatic psychotherapy. And I was like, oh my God. Like I just like, went cold. You know, I was like, wow, that was a quick universe. So I looked it up and Naropa is a contemplative like Buddhist lens university, like small university in Boulder, which is perfect because I feel like I'm not, like I don't really put myself in the box of any religion, but maybe the closest would be Buddhism. So I was like, well, that's perfect. There's only like three somatic programs, somatic psychotherapy programs in the country. Wow. And I wasn't really interested in the other programs. And I was very interested in, the one in boulder. So I went for it.
0: How much of it being in Boulder pulled you there? Boulder, <laughs> I mean location helped. Um I don't really have any interest
1: in living in California. I love visiting. Yeah. But I didn't really want to live in California. Um and I can't even remember the other one is so I think it was like not a cool location and like Colorado, I mean, my family's in Kansas, so it's close. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're here. So that's, that's right. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get a little bit more into the somatic therapy in Naropa. Um, Can you tell us about like, how long is your program and kind of the scope of practice that you will be practicing?
1: Okay. Yeah, so the program is three years. I just completed the first year. And it's a master's degree? It's a master's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll graduate and be a licensed professional counselor. LPC. Okay. Yep. Um, so three years, scope of practice. So it's like like my favorite way to explain it, which I already told you, but I think it's really clear, is I'm, I'll be like a talk therapist. Like if you wanted to go see a therapist, if you wanted to see a couples therapist, I mm-hmm. might do couples therapy um but it's like an art therapist the entry point into therapy is the art that is created by the client um in somatic psychotherapy the entry point is the body Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a bottom up approach instead of top like brain down into the body it's the body up into the brain approach to therapy
0: okay Well, I hope you are enjoying this conversation with Cassie as much as I did. Next, she's going to touch on polyvagal theory and the three different stages, dorsal, sympathetic, and ventral. Stay tuned. What kind of person you are looking for or would come to you? Um, You and I talked a little bit about this earlier. Um, Mostly it's trauma that is trapped in the body. Um, um, What comes up? in the body Um, and then can you tie that in a little bit to the polyvagal theory or how that all works?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So trauma, they're finding trauma like resides in the body. okay Um, And especially, you know, early childhood trauma when we're non-verbal and something happens traumatic, it's not gonna be stored in the brain where there's words because we don't have words yet. Right. So it's, um, so it's going to be nonverbal. It's going to be way more somatic, but yeah, they're finding that trauma is healed through the body is it lives in the body. So trauma does come up a lot when people are looking for somatic psychotherapists. Um, I feel like there was, I kind of got lost in the, um, well, polyvagal, let me just, I guess I'll just start going on polyvagal and then you can like kind of get me.
0: I can (laughs) Bring bring it in. in. Reel it in. in. What
1: are my words? Reel it in. Okay, so polyvagal theory is, polyvagal theory has been really interesting to me for like a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And, but it was like kind of vague. Like I could never exactly like explain it to anyone. Like it wasn't solid enough in my brain to really be able to like clearly explain it. And that's when I know I truly know something. And then I read Polyvagal Theory for Therapists by Deb Dana this semester. And that book is amazing. Like, if you're interested in polyvagal and you're any kind of like, uh, like in any kind of healing modality or somatic uh, modality, I highly recommend that book. Um, And she explains polyvagal. Deb Dana explains polyvagal as there's three vagal states. So, the the vagus nerve for polyvagal, the vagus nerve is wandering nerve. It's wandering Mm -hmm. nerve. It innervates in the brain and the eye and the face. So, it, it has touch points in the face and the skull. And Then it goes down and it touches um, in the thoracic spine, so rib cage, di- like the diaphragm, and then it goes all the way down into the cervix for uh, people with uteruses and cervixes, um, and then pelvic floor for the other humans. Yeah, <laughs> trying to be inclusive. Um, but it doesn't get talked about, it's always pelvic floor, but it's actually in the cervix, which is fascinating. Yeah. So it's like the oldest part of the vagal system is dorsal and that's in the gut and down in the cervix like the lower part of the body because it wanders all over and has all these connection points but the lower part is dorsal and it's like home away from home is the state that you find yourself in when you are overwhelmed or in a trauma response and my home away from home is dorsal so it's like I freeze I get overwhelmed I get kind of like in that stuck place where I can't verbalize what I need. You know, my brain's still functioning, but Deb Dana talks about it as the lights are on, but no one's home. Like if your, your, your body is the home, the lights are on, but no one's home. It's so like the bills are getting paid, but there's no like life or you yeah, know, right. happiness in the home. It's just kind of like basic functions of the body. It's like the hide phase. The hide. Yeah. It's freeze um it's fawn it's it's yeah it's and you see animals out in the wild like I saw a mouse like um a couple years ago when I was talking to someone about polyvagal in a hammock we were like camping and this mouse was like had obviously seen a snake or something and it was just frozen and kind of shaking and that's dorsal yeah so that happens to us too and it's the most ancient response and then you get a little bit more evolved and it's sympathetic which is up in the like thoracic part of the spine so kind of near the diaphragm um and is sympathetic is uh, fight or flight. Okay. So it's like, you know, when you get really upset and start shaking and like, are angry would be a good example of fight or flight. If you're in traffic and someone cuts you off and you get pissed, that's fight or flight. Um, and then ventral is up in the face. And this is the newest vagal tone that they found. So like, it's like, you know, as we evolve as a species, they have dorsal and then we got sympathetic and now we have ventral. So this is a new evolution of the vagal. Tone and it innervates in the face, so it's like we're in, we're probably we might be in a little bit of sympathetic right now because we're excited about the podcast. Yeah, like kind of like a you know we're performing.
0: Like, we're performing. Yeah, like
1: public speaking. Um, but definitely a blend of that and ventral because we're friends. Yeah, I feel comfortable. Like I was able to go to the bathroom in your house. Like that's <laughs> ventral. You know, it's like rest and digest, social connection, just feeling safe and happy. That's ventral. So it's like sympathetic is. If we're doing the home analogy, the the security alarm's going off in your home. It's like that's all you can focus on yeah. when the security alarm's going off. It's like, oh God, how do what's happening? Is everything are we safe? We got to figure it out. It's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And then ventral. If we're doing the home analogy with Dana, ventral is like this: we're having some tea, we're sitting around talking. We feel safe. We feel connected. We're friends, and that's that's the
0: ventral state. Okay, yeah. so that is polyvagal and. I mean, the reason, like, for me, I'm interested in that is, you know, it's a lot of our genetics and our um, detoxification and all of our uh, metabolisms and our cells, they are responding to the sympathetic nervous system. Okay. And if it is, if we are in either that dorsal or that vent or uh, sympathetic, sympathetic. Yeah. Um, it's talking not only to our, digestion, Mm -hmm. but it's talking to our cellular behavior of our thyroids or Mm -hmm. detoxification. And it's saying we are in danger. Do not work. It's all hands on deck and take care of the task at hand. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's affecting all of us, um, whether we want to know it or not, Mm -hmm. um, or whether we acknowledge it or not. So I am very fascinated by this part of it, um, from a different area. Yeah, totally. It's all connected. Oh yeah. Is there a normal or not a generic because we're all unique, but like a common, uh, trauma, like storage spot Mm -hmm. in the body. Like you're talking a little bit about grief earlier. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, you know, to to touch on what you were just saying, I feel like digestion can slow down and, you know, in the dorsal state and sympathetic, it could be like, you know, diarrhea. I mean, it can, it can run the gamut of like different things happening with digestion, but digestion and trauma are very intertwined. Um, I think like tension, you know, tension in the neck uh and the shoulders is very common with trauma response it's but it's you know it's like such a spectrum and human beings present so differently like the i'd say one of the most interesting things i learned this year at naropa was focusing so it's like a felt so when we were talking about grief um it's a felt sense so you so say like you came in and you were grieving like some you had lost someone that you loved and we did focusing work together and it'd be like, where is like, when you think about losing this person, like, where does it show up in your body? And, and you, and to ask that question, you would have to not be in a trauma response because it's really hard to go into the body when you're in a trauma response and you'd have to have some, some body awareness. I can't just assume that you know how to drop down into your body. Yeah. So it's like, you got to really look at the person who's in front of you. Do they feel safe going into their body. You know, maybe it's just verbal for a while, but, Once you did feel safe and comfortable and you felt like going in, it'd be like, oh, this is totally an example. But when I think of losing this person in the grief, I feel it in my chest. And so focusing work would be like, okay, like you're, like you're sweetly trying to conjure a little scared animal out of a cave. Let's talk to this, this grief in the chest. Like, what does it need from you? You know, what, what is it trying to tell you? Like what messages are there? And we'd work with that feeling in the chest.
0: Well, wow. Yeah. So that can <clears throat> kind of tie into your yoga practice and right. being in your body, right? Totally. So um, do you think that yoga teachers should be trained in trauma or do you think that there's room for both trauma-informed and not trauma-informed?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, one thing you just said, too, is um, like I kind of look at this, you know, coming at this program from being a tarot reader too it's like the body is actually the oracle you know it's like you oh, don't yeah. have tarot cards, so it's like what can we what kind of messages can we get from this felt sense in your body instead of looking at like an archetypal image yeah um but yes yeah, so trauma sensitive you know I feel like we got into yoga right at the very end of like kind of an old school paradigm right I, I can see that like yeah and then Mati, I went on with Mati. And Jason Crandall too. You know, like, some of these people that have been around for a long time, mm-hmm. like, Annie's, like, thirty over 30 years now. It, it wasn't – it's not very trauma-sensitive. No. Right. So it's, like, I came into it as, like, oh, you're coming to a class and you want to learn yoga, Um, you know, 10, 15-year-old – or, 10, like, 10 or 15 years ago. I, I wasn't even thinking, like, asking for consent yes. for different things. And I really, you know, had some friction with it when it started coming into the scene, like, five or ten years ago. Yeah. It was like, I don't have time to ask every single person if they want to be touched. Yeah. You know, it, it was just, like, seemed ridiculous. And that's how, that's how, like, it is, right? Like, I was talking to my dad about pronouns this morning. And he's coming around, like, thank God god but it's like it's there's friction there because it's change it's change and you're not used to it and it's more work and it's more work and it's different and it's just like we have to honor the friction but then we have to evolve because it is trauma sensitive yoga is crucial because i mean one thing that i have learned especially in this program at naropa is we all have trauma Every one of us big big trauma little trauma it's, it's weird trauma weird normal trauma, trauma. <laughs> you can't really find words for or really explain and it's like you know as a human species in order to be compassionate and to make yoga a healing practice it's got to be trauma informed and consent i mean my god if the me too movement didn't teach us anything it's like it <laughs> We, it's it's so simple now, you know, and I'm not perfect at it, but I say, because I am teaching public classes in Boulder, I just say, you know, I get everybody kind of in a space where they're introspective and their head is down and it's private. Give me a little wave if you don't want. Um, hands-on assists is kind of the simplest. Yeah. Give me a little wave and also I ask when I come up even still after I get a permission and consent I'll still be like okay I'm going to touch you. I'm coming in you know there's mirrors all around in this particular studio which makes it um, less intrusive they can see me coming but if you? you think about it yoga is so vulnerable.
0: Oh yeah. well, and you want it to be,
1: but yeah, right. if you
0: if you don't feel safe and you're vulnerable, exactly.
1: and so, so the power dynamic with you know the person that's facilitating or teaching and then the person that's coming in and paying, it's it's a delicate thing, but it's like just very simply uh, asking for consent at the beginning. I think is just you know very simple thing that we
0: can yeah. implement. Well, and I'm one of those people that I will if some weird person would massage me at the in the middle of the mall like sit in one of those chairs i would be for it i'm like yeah great yeah um but the older i get and the more i realize um no this is this is my space and it's okay to be my space and um when i am practicing yoga i love being adjusted (laughs) because i love connection i love physical touch Mm -hmm. like that's definitely one of my love languages but I have realized that when I don't get it and I do the work myself, it's more powerful. Mm -hmm. But then I also realized the older I get and the more knowledge I have in the practice, a lot of people don't know what they're doing with their hands. Right. And that's scary. (laughs) Right. Um, You know. 20 year old Lindsay's body could probably handle some pushing and shoving, mm-hmm. but almost 40 year old body is like, don't you touch it. Unless you know what you're doing. Right. Something's going to go wrong and I'm going to go to the chiropractor. Exactly. So and then it's like,
1: like not doing the thing it's meant to be doing. Yeah, then,
0: yeah. So I, I've definitely come around a lot more and you know, I'm the third child of four. So I never got the cuddle, cuddle oh what do you need it was hurry up get in the car whatever you have to poop at this gas station like it's not like yeah. you yeah. don't get that yeah. so now that i'm older and i realize oh i kind of like that and it's okay
1: it's a way to reparent like yeah inner, inner Lindsay, inner little Lindsay. You oh know? yeah
0: yeah i mean boundaries
1: i feel like we're from the same oh, yeah. generation and <laughs> boundaries like i found fa- i literally remember the first time i heard that word and i was like fascinating <laughs> like i need to put those in place immediately <laughs> like what is
0: that yes i'll yeah. take a couple of those over here in this relationship yeah um but yeah it, our uh find your yoga a wellness studio we actually have those chips that you introduced me to oh, nice. um in uh chicago mm-hmm. i was like what is this and it's like don't touch or do touch um and what i love about that is you can turn them over so you know i might not want it adjusting during my flow but during the shavasana if you're gonna like lay me out yes. freaking hands on baby yeah um so i thank you for that um and i really you can change
1: your mind you can that's the nice mind. thing about the chips yeah and i yeah i do try to say that at the beginning class like, You're consenting to it now. Feel free to change your mind. I will be like in dialogue with you during this. It's not a fixed consent.
0: Well, in your opinion, like this last year of learning, so you were in your first trimester of the school. um, And then uh, do you feel like just learning this stuff and learning to help other people has it healed you and can you speak on that at all
1: yeah i love the term trimester cuz it does feel like <laughs> it like yeah like at the end <laughs> of this thing i'm going to give birth um yeah uh totally it's like the first semester i lost my beloved dog of Ooh. 10 and a half years so there was a lot of grief Um, I got in a new relationship I had just moved you know across the country from Chicago starting all over didn't know anybody you know starting a new job starting a new school Um, and it's a lot the first semester they say is all about you and like you know figuring out your biases your prejudice your uh, triggers your
0: projection. Oof, this sounds hard. Like trigger, <laughs> right, and it's like, oh
1: man, it's just like every week uncovering these things where it's, it's just like, oh, that's why I do that. Like, oh my gosh, like you just like big puzzle pieces coming together. Um, that are hard, you know, it's, it's a lot of process work. You're in a cohort, you're with the same people. They're doing the same work with you, you know, like they're going through their stuff. It's just like the energy and the emotions are high. Um, definitely I think finally really came to peace with the fact that I identify as a highly sensitive person. Um, and it's just, you know, that's where my, uh, reparenting, my little inner Cassie has, um, like that came from this year it's like i was a sensitive child and i you know highly sensitive is extra sensitive so it's not like my parents weren't sensitive they just weren't highly sensitive yeah and so they just didn't know exactly what i needed and that's fair like you're not going to be able to figure out every single emotional thing a kid needs um but as you know as a 30 now 36 year old it's like I am starting to figure out exactly what I need. Like, I need some downtime. I need to be an introvert. Mm-hmm. You know, I need some just quiet space to process things, maybe a little bit longer than most people. So, that came through um, just like, you know, a lot of dynamics that happen in my family, like they happen in lots of other people's families that I just hadn't seen or had words for. Um, realizing that my home away from home and my Vegas nervous system is dorsal, like was helpful. It's like, Oh, I, I get sleepy, not because I'm tired sometimes, but because I'm like, Oh, this is too much.
0: I am a little mouse
1: that's like shaking (laughs) and wanting to just like lay down in a bed of leaves and forget about life for a while. So it's like just noticing these things about my nervous system and how to heal that. Yeah. And how to work with that and how to, like, continue on on this life journey that we're all on taking better care of myself, I think. Because then I'll be a better
0: therapist. Absolutely. You know. I think uh, you've got to do the work so that you can show other people how to do it. Exactly. And be centered while they're going through their process. Yeah, because you can't take that on and or take it home. Take it home or get swept
1: out at sea with them. Like, you have to be the anchor.
0: So tell me what's next on the the timeline you've got a new bow in Colorado you've got two more big semesters left it's a full year really right full school year
1: yeah yeah two two more years so four more semesters
0: oh okay so then um are you planning on doing a practice in Colorado do you have any plans that far or just kind of staying in the moment
1: yeah um I mean I'm a planner you know typically but for this whole thing I think like the, that day when I was like, universe, what, what exactly am I? And then it just came to me like two hours later through a friend. (laughs) I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop like planning so much and just kind of my, my new beau. I guess he's not that new anymore. Logan. um, Logan and I call it like following the breadcrumb trail. It's like, if you just pay attention to your interests, if something's like lighting you up and you read that book and you go to that workshop or you kind of. Let that run through your system for a couple of months. Like it's very obvious the breadcrumb trail. It's just a listening that needs to take place. But I think I'm there. Like I'm. Um, so this Naropa was founded by Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, who is a he was a, a Tibetan meditation master. Mm who came over and founded Naropa. And then he also founded the preschool that I teach at. So I'm teaching there this summer. It's a contemplative Buddhist-inspired preschool, Um, like a magical place. Oh yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, I'm excited to just be with kids, like outside, you know, in like a really conscious, um, loving environment for the next four months and then go back to school and, I have lots of ideas of, like, what my, like, what my practice will look like, Um, and I feel like it's getting finely tuned. It'll be, you know, geared in a direction at some point. Um, I think telehealth will be around from here on out, so I think we're going to stay in Colorado. We'll see. Um, Colorado's amazing, so I'd be happy with that, Um, but I think I'll be doing telehealth, if not a hybrid of in-person and telehealth. Uh, I do want a private practice, and I'm open to other avenues. Um, I still offer tarot readings, there's very somatic-based tarot readings um, online through my website, Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of just like excited to go along for the ride and see where I end up. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: before we go, tell me, I read some there and one of your, um, I think posts about your own slice yoga training for kids. Um, it's for teachers to teach kids. Right. Um, are you incorporating some of the somatic stuff into that? And if so, like, what would, what would that look like?
1: Yeah, really good question. Um, I mean, all of it is being informed by everything else you know like i think of consent and trauma-informed kids yoga yeah so crucial to teach kids Hey, you don't have to hug everybody you don't have to let people into your private space if you don't want them to be there you know like really teaching children healthy boundaries for their bodies um that they can say no you can do that in a yoga class you know like does your body feel safe doing this pose do you want me to help you um you know like just asking for consent like you would an adult so very trauma-informed um teacher training i mean kids have the same little vagus nerve that we do Mm -hmm. you know and they've got their three vagal tones that they're dealing with so looking for you know kids home away from home like do they fawn do they freeze do they fight or flight Um, how can we help them learn how to self-regulate? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, co-regulation is a big thing with polyvagal theory where like we're, I think we're both co-regulated right now. Mm -hmm. Like we're both in a ventral-ish state. Um, so trying to make yoga classes for kids, for adults, um, a co-regulation experience where they feel safe. So I think, um, yeah, trauma-informed, uh neuro informed for sure and it, it's just working at this preschool I mean the teachers there are incredible they're like a lot of them are Buddhists. they've been there for 20 30 years uh, several of them have their masters in contemplative early childhood education wow. so just like really watching them speak to kids I'm like taking notes you know
0: yeah that's awesome <clears throat> yeah um I talk a lot about um, Dr. Shafali and she wrote The Conscious Parent. Mm. And she really, um, she parents like a yogi. Mm. And just, you know, the idea that just calm, cool, collected, there's a reason for everything, there's a reason for responses and diving into them instead of telling the kid what they're doing or what they're, um, what, the way they should be feeling or, mm-hmm. I mean, just listening to what they have to say physically and um, emotionally, like, why are you upset? What's triggering you? What's, you know, um, it's really helped me be a good parent to Bodhi. Good. I am so excited to hear about the next year's, mm-hmm. what it's bringing um, for school and your new bow. And uh, thank you for joining me on wellness on your terms. Sounds like you're really figuring out how to stay well and keep digging in. Yeah. Thank you so much. This was lovely. Well, that is all for the podcast today thank you Cassie for coming all the way from Colorado to come talk with us about what you're up to in polyvagal theory, Naropa and adventures in being well um, you can reach Cassie at CassieYoga.com that's C-A-S-S-I Y-O-G-A dot com for any of the wonderful things that she offers tarot yoga, kids yoga, doula, or just checking in, see what she's doing. Thanks for joining us on Wellness on Your Terms. Hi, wellness community. I'd love to extend a great big thank you for listening to my podcast, listening to people around manhattan kansas doing wellness on their terms um to pay back um your time i'd love to offer you a free yoga class free meditation class at the wellness studio here in manhattan kansas so all you have to do is come in and say hi and reference the podcast and i will be sure to give you your free class